1: What's good, y'all, and welcome to In the Deep, a deep league-focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pictureless Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, and I'm joined here once again by my good friend and co-host Christopher Schwabz Weber Schwabz. How you doing this week, buddy?
2: Hi, friends. I am doing great because baseball's back. Hot dang! Th- we did it. We made it, folks. It's it's only been five months, but it feels like it's been so much longer. I, I love baseball season. Yeah, and Clearly. Be- oh, of course. Since yes. we do this.
1: I mean, we have to at least like it a
2: little bit unless we're complete uh, masochists,
1: which is also a little bit true considering we also do this, but like,
2: yeah, not, not mutually exclusive, but we do love baseball. True. Yes.
1: It's very exciting. You will be listening to
2: this, uh, what
1: on the third day of the season is when this episode should be dropping. Yeah. Um, and we are unfortunately like not that deep into the season, so there's not necessarily a whole lot for us to talk about. There's only a couple games for us to analyze. Usually actually just one game for most teams. Um, so we're kind of going to do a little bit of everything on this episode. We're going to go over some of the games that have been played so far and kind of try to find any tiny bit of insight we can uh, based on a one game sample from all these different teams. So we will be going team by team later in the episode, but we'll start off by doing actually some mailbag questions that we got from some of the listeners. Uh, before we jump into that, though, be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show at InTheDeepPL. You can also follow us individually at Schwebzy for schwebzi. That's S-H-W-E-B-S-I. And bunt singles for myself. Uh
2: Schwebzy. Let's hop into some mailbag questions here real quick.
3: So the first one I Wait, actually you know
1: was,
2: You know what we forgot to do this week? What? Stream? Oh yeah, we did.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I, I forgot about the Totally team.
2: forgot. Uh yeah, anyways. We were too busy hanging out with our friends and we forgot that we should have been hanging out with our Twitch friends. That is true. Uh also I guess that's an important thing to plug to at the top of the episode.
1: Uh, if you want to join us for the streams that we should be doing <laughs> and forgot to Just, do this week, uh, you can fo- go to Schwebzy's Twitch page. It's going to be twitch.tv backslash Schwebzy. Again, that's S-H-W-E-B-S-I uh, and join us there usually most weeks. Uh, I, don't,
2: I totally forgot about that this week, but
1: yeah, it's all good.
2: Uh, it's, it's a weird week. It's a weird week, as you said. Like is, We we usually will do like our deep dives and we have like our, our way of prepping, uh, which is to barely prep and takes hours to, and hours to do that it is to but, procrastinate yeah. for three hours and then rush
1: and do like 45 minutes to an hour of notes and then record uh but i don't like change 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 no good change mm, no good change bad change bad uh speaking of change i guess the first uh melee question that we got i thought was pretty interesting and i thought it'd be interesting to hear which Websey's take on this was because i have some ideas and that is Uh, This person did not leave their name, so thank you, anonymous person, for sending in this question. If you can make up a new fantasy baseball format, what would it be? I have, like, two ideas. Uh, The first one I'm going to propose is a fantasy league that is fully defense-based, which is the most boring thing
3: imaginable. I don't know how this would work. It would mostly just be, like, fielding (laughs) percentage. Uh, You could do it by OAA.
1: Things like that, you could draft players based on OAA, would be an interesting way to do it. Uh, by DRS, defensive runs saved, would be another interesting way to do it. Uh, I think it would be cool to have like a or just even like having a roto league where like OAA or defensive runs saved were a category in some capacity, and how that would throw a wrinkle into how you would draft. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um,
2: but give me yeah. a reason to draft Luis Giorme. I love it.
1: Or Javi Baez. since Javi his bat has taken. Or, or Jonathan bad,
2: scope. Jonathan
1: scope he'd be he'd Jonathan be, uh, scope
2: is the one one. Would he be one one? <laughs> uh, uh, it'd be like Lindor, he's just I think. so he's so far ahead of everyone in OAA. I'm trying to think who would be like genuinely the one one in that league. Hey, Jonathan scope is the is like the Aaron judge of OAA. It's true he
1: is, but he's very bad at everything else. so if it was only a single category in a, le- in a league like that.
3: I'm wondering who would, like, jump up the draft board. Anyways, yeah. Shubhazi, what about you? Oh, I, I have a good one, I think. It's the home run challenge. So you, you can pick any three players every week.
2: You know, think, think of it like a suicide pool from football, except it's not about wins and losses. It's about people on your team hitting home runs. And then, so say week one, you pick Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, and, I don't know, Manny Machado. You get those three players for the week. If they hit home runs, you get credit for those home runs. And then you can't pick them again for the rest of the year. And I I think there's like 24 weeks of regular season or something like that, 26. So you would have to pick three players 26 times. You You can't do any repeats. And, you know, whoever has, you, you know, you could do monthly, you could do, you know, by all-star break, you can break it up or you could just do year long. And whoever has the most home runs at these checkpoints wins. I can dig that. I, I think it has merit. You know, I think the the reason that we got this question anonymously is because it's it's someone with like a, a lot of resources and they're looking for free ideas. They're just mining us for for ideas so that way they can capitalize on them, essentially. I just I just gave away my fortune. Pretty much.
1: Okay, so this I, I I have another idea, like more of a real idea. Like the defensive one was a bit of like kind only kind of a joke. I think it'd be kind of cool to have some sort of defensive metric be part of like a roto league. But I also really would love to see a league where, and I suggested this almost as an idea for what we were gonna to do tonight for the episode, which was and maybe something that we could do throughout the season which is strobzy and i do a draft uh in our case specifically it would be post 300 players or actually not post 300 but now that it's not draft season players that are rostered at 20 percent or less uh, on in yahoo leagues um you would pick an outfielder infielder starting pitcher relief pitcher so you draft four players and you would do that every single week for an entire season And it would just be kind of like standard Roto categories. And basically you would have a point total like you would in a standard Roto league. Uh, At the end of each week, those points would then just be permanently attributed to whatever your team total is for the year. And then at the end of each week, you would redraft again based on your current standings. And pick four players again. So for like a 12-team league, there would be a 48-player draft at the end of each week.
3: And then at the end of the season... uh, Whoever has the highest score is the winner. Ooh. I, can, I can see that working. It is a bit of a time commitment, which is the hardest part. Like obviously setting your lineups every day
1: is much different than like setting aside an hour on a Sunday night to do an additional right. draft or anything like that. Um, but this would eliminate like the feel bad of like, oh, I drafted my team and now my closer got hurt. Right? Or one of my best hitters got hurt. And now like the guy that I took in the second round is going to be out for the year. Um, kind of eliminates some of that feel bad. Cause that can be kind of a bummer in a lot of season long leagues. Um,
2: and yeah, just kind of keep things fresh. So that's kind of why I like that. It's so, funny. We, we got that question. And my first thought was like, how in the, a new fantasy format, like who hasn't thought of everything already? And then we, you know, we both come up with stuff. Yeah. I mean, we should probably actually pitch these. Or something similar to I don't it. Know. I mean If only we knew someone with a big baseball website.
1: If anyone knows anyone with a big baseball website that we can talk to about this, please let us know. <laughs> e- email us at in the d- email us at uh, in the deep pl at gmail.com. And if someone can please tell me what that PL stands for, I'd appreciate it. Um This this question
2: was from uh, uh Mr. Picolus Nolik. <laughs> yes. Piccolous Nieder Nolik? <laughs>
1: Is that how <laughs> I, I was scared that I was just gonna accidentally say a bad word or something like that doing
2: it, so I said I don't, it very I don't, slow. I don't know how to spoonerize a middle name.
1: It's very hard.
2: <laughs> Anyways. <laughs>
1: um all right, so other mailbag questions here that we got. Let's see here. Uh based off of a single day of games, so obviously we have a tiny sample size so far, who are some high ceiling players to target in 12 team leagues? Uh, Shubzi, you have a couple names
2: down here a couple folks who looked great in the first day of games I, I think there's one that is a given this is kind of like the the free bingo square right now James Outman plays for one of the best teams in baseball one of the best lineups in baseball pretty good ballpark had a great spring training made the team a little bit unexpectedly but uh, James Outman had an incredible
3: first day uh, I God, what was the line? I had it in front of me at one point, but I think he went two for three. Get a home run, three, three
2: runs and two RBIs. Yeah, it was a monster day. Yeah, for uh, you know, and this is after his cup of coffee last year, when he was you know equally good, basically. In in, uh, you know, it's literally. 16 plate appearances, but he had a 1409 OPS last year. So he pretty much picked up where he left off. And now his OPS for this year is 2417. So, uh, I don't think he's doing much today, but he is in the lineup again today, which is uh, you know, a good sign playing his first playing the first two days. And he's playing center field where his main competition is he of the 35 K percentage trace Thompson. I I'm very big on James outman this year. I had him in TGFBI, but before FAB, I, I drafted him with one of my last picks, and I am really, really hoping to reap the benefits of that. And uh, the other guy that I like that I'm interested in for high upside is Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham, you know, Jordan, you're very familiar with him as a, uh, as a Bofa. Indeed. and uh, as a, a, a little bit of a a, brew, a Bofa tragedy after what he did for the Brewers.
1: I do not hold that against but, him at all, by the way. Brewers fans are way too hard on Trent Grisham for that.
2: Yeah, Grisham is a power speed guy who plays a very good center field. So the, the very good center field means he plays a lot. The power speed means he puts up fantasy stats. He is patient to a fault. He strikes out looking a ton. Uh, he strikes out too much in general. But he's leading off at least against righties. He led off opening day. He did not lead off day two uh, because they played against the Rockies who were starting Kyle Freeland, a lefty. So I guess he's going to hit lower in the order against lefties. But if he's a strong side leadoff hitter with his pop and speed, I want to roster him in, in any deep league, any five outfielder league. I want to have Trent Grisham as as long as he's got that role. Um, It was... His manager said in spring training that he was considering leading him off because of what a strong spring Grisham was putting together. And, I mean, I can't forget that Grisham just absolutely kicked things to another level last year in the playoffs. Like, he was incredible. The the Mets could not get him out. Grisham was absolutely incredible. So, I mean, he's got another gear. Maybe he can get there this year. And even if he doesn't get there, I don't see why he couldn't do what, like, cody bellinger does you know
3: for sure um i'm trying to think for me i think the player that i would
1: likely choose who probably has the highest upside that people don't roster a ton would likely for me oh, man so okay i got two uh the first one is someone that has a decent amount of helium based off of like what little we know about him that's Oscar Colas for the White Sox. Uh Colas should be the everyday right fielder at some point for the uh for the White Sox. He would he came into pinch hit yesterday in the opening game after I believe it was was Luis
3: Garcia started yesterday for the opener. Hmm. Um, I Luis Garcia, I don't think so. Wait, am I crazy?
1: Am I misspeaking? I'm definitely misspeaking, aren't I? Who started yesterday? Who started opening day for
3: the Astros? It was, uh, why am I blanking on this? It wasn't Christian Javier.
2: It was Framber oh,
1: Framber Fram- 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 Valdez. Gosh. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. So Framber Valdez. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know why like, he's so forgettable. He's, and he shouldn't be because he's
1: amazing. <laughs> he's he really very, very good. Um, so, no, he, he sat against Fran Valdez, so he might sit against lefties uh, for now. That said, obviously because he's a lefty hitter, but I, I think that Oscar Colas, between the power and speed combo that he provides, I mean, he already hit, he's already put up this year between two better balls and max EV of 109. Like, he hits the ball very, very hard. He's fast. He plays good defense in right field. Um, Colas should be someone that at some point the season gets rostered much more, uh, even in like just 12-team leagues, just regular roto leagues. Um, he is hitting lower in that order right now, so that's a bit disappointing, but he is still the strong side platoon bat uh, for the White Sox uh, in that right field spot. He's splitting time, I believe, with, gosh, who is it? Oh, no. Remy Gonzalez. There we go. Uh, was the one who started in right field yesterday. He did get to pinch hit and then got two at-bats in the opening day game, though. So I think the at-bats will be plentiful for Colas. He's going to get every opportunity to succeed there, and I do like him a lot. Uh, The other one that I actually saw tonight who hit the ball hard and I think
3: could be interesting, Corey Yelkes for the Astros, which is a name that Schwebzee is just like, I don't know who that is
2: i i mean, I only know who he is because of spring training i He was very much not on my radar until he hit a couple of uh, i think he hit a couple of spring training home runs
3: yeah, so he
1: it's okay, so it's interesting so he from what i and i've i've not seen that many at bats from Corey Yelks, but what I did see is that he hit a couple of balls very hard. he takes big hacks, and he did put up thirty home home runs last year uh in the minors. So he has like a nice power pedigree. He's got a really, really nice um, right-handed swing that plays well in the Crawford boxes in Houston. Obviously, a right-handed bat. He's probably not going to be getting as many plate appearances as if he was a lefty. He's not, he's going to be the weak side platoon bat. Um, but I think a guy with like sneaky pop like that with the Crawford boxes uh, could be pretty valuable in a deeper league. Um,
3: so I think that he could be an interesting name as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, like Outman, really strong lineup.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, and he hit, he was DHing and hitting sixth, I believe, today. Yeah,
1: went one for four. Did have two strikeouts, I think, if I remember right, his strikeout numbers
2: aren't too great for the minors. Just for the memes, I, I wish he was hitting it in front of Tucker.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, let's see here. His strikeout rate last year... Actually, no, last year's striker, it was only 21.7%, so he puts the ball in play, it's on too. So yeah, he had 31 home runs last year, 100 uh, runs and 89 RBIs, plus uh, 22 stolen bases. Ooh. So a nice power-speed combo, too. I forgot that he also was kind of fast.
3: Um, So yeah, I mean, I'd to into Corey Yolks. Nice. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he was completely, completely not on my radar. But
2: yeah like you just you just have to give extra weight to anybody playing for houston given their general you know player development and also just the fact that being in that lineup means you're more likely to accrue counting stats for sure uh okay so let's go to should
1: we do should we do one last baseball focus one and then do a fun one just for us
2: I, th- I think we should do all of the fun ones. There's, only a, the fun there's ones. only a couple here. Yeah. Well, that's fair. All right, so
1: let's do a nice fun one from our good friend Jay hook Joe Lowry of Prospects Live. If you got your nose broken and could only smell one thing, what would that one thing be?
2: Now, we, very, we, we are very clear about if you're sending us mailbag questions, it can be about anything. So this is, this is fair game.
1: If you want us to answer any question, feel free to send it to us. Obviously, we have the pin tweet on our Twitter page. Again, that's in the deep pl on Twitter. Uh there's a pin tweet with a Google form that you can send it to. You can also email us.
3: Uh it's at in the deep pl at gmail.com. So uh Shubzy, What would oh, your Okay? Say? So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. And I, I because I have two cents
2: that Either of them I would be okay with if they were the one. But I, I just... Th- this is like when I, when I think of smells I love, it's like I think of basically only these two things. So I have to, like, v- I have to verbalize them both. One of them is baseball glove leather. And I, I realize that's incredibly on brand. But uh, I, a couple of years ago for Christmas, my wife got me a wallet from the website baseballism.com. And the wallet is made out of baseball glove leather. Hashtag not, nad. Like, hashtag not ned. Hashtag not ad. Not Ned. Not Ned, but if baseballism does want to sponsor me, go for it. Uh, and I would just I would literally just hold the wallet up to my face and just like breathe it in. It's just such a wonderful smell. It brings back all those memories of Little League and it's just you know it's just leather smells nice. And the other one is honeysuckle. And I realize <laughs> that's <laughs>
1: is not what I was expecting? I don't know why that wasn't what I was expecting.
2: What did you think the other smell was going to be? Food of some sort. Just like just genre, sure. like bar- like barbecue. You know, like No, like, like a, a, good, a, w-
1: like, a w- like a waffle. A
2: waffle. <laughs> Waffles just smell like pure sugar. Okay, so sugar which honestly yeah. would, would be okay. Yeah, sugar would be fine. Like a Zeppelin. Oh, Zeppelin is a good smell. I
1: don't even know just what it is. Just
2: dough and sugar. Oh, it's just it's just balls of dough covered it's, it's a in donut? Like, powdered sugar kind of yeah it's like it's like a fair food okay it's a good, like, like a it's state fair kind of uh but yeah honeysuckle i i there's there's <laughs> there's no story there i just love the smell of honeysuckle it's it's a weed but it's it's uh you know it's it's a weed that smells good it is uh, I, think so, I i had a lot of it grow, where near where i grew up so just good smell
1: so for me, I went like very practical, but I will do another one that I just like. Uh, for me, it's just things burning. I work so like people may not know this about me unless you follow me on Twitter and I can't really talk about it, but my actual job is being a line cook. So things burning was what I picked. Just like burning in general, because if it wasn't for me being able to smell things burning... I would probably be very bad at my job because I very often burn things at work <laughs> on accident. Um, so not only does it protect me uh, from obviously ruining people's food, it also might just protect my physical being and keep me from setting the restaurant on fire.
2: I, I like this for you because I want you to be able to smell my sick burns of you. But you couldn't burn me if you try. I told, I told Schwebzy, he's he
1: tries so hard to be like a heel. And what, what was my, what was my burn that I had on you earlier? I haven't seen a heel. I haven't seen a. I haven't seen a worse heel since Mike Soroka tore
2: his Achilles. I think is what I said. You're being a better heel than me right now, just because you you are enraging an entire fan base with That's that. That's
1: true. That's true. And you, hopefully. Um, Mike so, yeah. Soroka's heels are beautiful. You leave them alone leave the feet i mean never mind i was gonna say something i was gonna say i was gonna say something about wiki feet but anyways let's continue um now and the other smell i was gonna do for a real smell would be lavender
2: that is my favorite smell
1: favorite scent and if anyone send us either uh honeysuckle or lavender scented anything feel free
2: Uh, we won't say it's so hard to find honeysuckle scented candles People drop links uh, once we post send. this
1: episode. S- send Schwebzy links to honeysuckle things
2: so you can buy And if them. you're a honeysuckle candle
1: maker, you know, sponsor us. Sponsor us. We're, we're desperate for sponsors, specifically Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Or Bath and Body Works, that's what I meant to say. Anyways. Uh, Alright, another question from Jay Hook of Prospects Live, Joe Lowry. Uh, if Nick, Nicholas Peter Pollock, if his middle name started with O would you start referring to him as nope? Nope. I'm I'm just glad that it doesn't, I'm just glad that we haven't thought of the idea to have it start with an I. That's all
2: I'm saying. (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. We call him Nicholas Peter Pollock and other P words uh, in the middle there. His middle name doesn't start with a P either. (laughs) It doesn't,
1: (laughs) and we're not going to say what it actually is because one, I don't know. Two, I don't want anyone to commit an identity theft.
2: His middle name might start
3: with an O already for all we know. Nicholas Orville Pollock. Nicholas Octavius Pollock.
2: Nicholas one and only Pollock. Let's move on to baseball. All
1: right. Okay, the last mailbag question that we're going to do is from Ben Bingham uh, in the PL Discord server are there any notable guys on opening day rosters that you didn't expect or guys who weren't on the opening day roster that you were surprised by? Uh, and obviously we can talk about this in fantasy relevance. I think the one that I put down here also was Oscar Colas. So I'm not going to talk about him too much. Um, I think the one that Ben actually brought up that I think is interesting is Ji Huan Bae uh, of the Pirates, who got a surprise opening day start in center field, I believe. That was yeah, like interesting because he had two stolen bases on opening day
2: yeah i had it i had thought I'd be because this is what was listed on roster resource that it's actually what's still listed on roster resource. I thought that Jack Sawinski was going to be the starting center fielder. they have uh ji Huan Bay as the second baseman, and that is not what the opening day lineup looked like so a a, a nice shock there by the pirates and ji juanan Bay took you know took every advantage of his opening day start and got two juicy, juicy stolen bases. Now I say they're juicy, but stolen bases, I I know it's only one day and things are going to change, but stolen bases on a per game rate right now are the highest they've been since 1997.
1: I just got to say, I misspoke. He actually did start at second base and Swinsky was in center field for that opening day game. Darn it, Jordan. Yeah, my bad. Anyways, continue Shrubzy, Rust.
2: The, the lesson is roster resource is always right and we're not. Correct.
1: Please trust them. But yes.
2: <laughs> but yeah, G, uh, I, I was just using Bay to make a larger point in that everyone that told you that stolen bases would be up this year, so far they are right. And they are up significantly. They're up. What, what is this uh like 40 percent from last year it's a lot it's it's a it's Again. a non-insignificant amount like
1: i the the biggest thing too is it's not just the attempts it's also the successful attempts it was at like 90 ish percent yesterday on opening day and it was like 21 of 23 or something i saw a tweet from someone i'm so sorry i cannot remember who
2: tweeted it out might have actually been alex fast Ugh, i cannot recall There is, there is no way that this caught stealing rate holds up because, so, I mean, again, it's, it's only one day. It's a 16 game sample size, which in the grand scheme of baseball is like nothing, 15 games, whatever it was. Um, the, the, the caught stealing rate per game yesterday was 0.07 and the lowest it's ever been in history is 0.15. So I don't think the caught stealing rate is going to be half of the, the, you know lowest year ever
3: likely not well there's a thing though is like they can only hold runners on so much and i think a lot of that too it's going to be much i think it's going to be much the success rate's going to be much higher double maybe not but it's yeah, it's going to be I mean, much
1: more it's it's going to be significantly higher just because of the mind games that uh
2: base runners can play with pitchers since they only have two throwovers now it's definitely going to be interesting and we're, we're going to keep yeah. monitoring it i'll probably be doing regular updates of what like the league-wide stolen bases look like exactly yeah we'll probably cover that every single week but maybe yeah something... uh, one
1: sorry go ahead oh no sorry i was going to say maybe that's something that we can probably do like near the top of the show each week is maybe keep tabs on stolen bases success rates things like that maybe just do like a quick little recap of it league-wide rundown Maybe you highlight teams that are doing it more would be good. Hmm.
2: Well, so there was a there was one other player that I wanted to mention here for surprise opening day lineup, guys. Yayner Diaz, who I very literally on the last episode we recorded, I said I was not expecting him to get playing time. Big same. Well, well, here he is. He started the first two games for the Astros. And he's starting in a pretty good lineup spot. He's getting DH reps. So (laughs) he's not jeopardizing good old Martin Maldonado's playing time, which, you know, everyone's very excited about. Hey, we'd hate to see Maldonado get fewer plate appearances. But yeah, uh, Yander Diaz played yesterday. He hit right after Kyle Tucker. He hit sixth. He went over four, unfortunately. And then today... Uh, did he play today? No, actually. Oh, he 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 actually no got Corey Yelkes. today started. Yeah, so maybe they're. I mean, maybe they're playing around with that DH spot, kind of seeing what they have. Well, I mean, they're using him. And then also, you think about uh, for second base, they had,
1: I believe. Oh gosh, who started an opening day for them at second Hensley? base? Well, Hensley played today. Second base yesterday was. Oh gosh. Um, yesterday was Mauricio Dubone. There you go. Thank you. So they're playing around with that second base spot too,
2: which is interesting. Well, um, makes sense. So you, see, you know they're gonna they're gonna play around, see who see what gels. Hensley actually had a really big game today. He did. Yeah, he went two for three. Had a walk as well. Uh, other
1: at bat was a strikeout, but like great game. Obviously
3: stolen we'll base. That.
1: Oh, he had a stolen base. Too. Oh, there we go. I dig that. All right, cool.
2: Um, and se- deep league second base is. is- not I is not great. So I mean, Hensley second might base re- is, the target there.
1: Yeah, second base in regular leagues is already like difficult enough, IMO. But uh finding guys like this, who even if he's like a platoon type thing, because I don't know, like him and Dubon opposite
3: handed. I don't I think I, I don't I actually a, don't know what Hensley, Hensley is. A righty. I'm pretty sure Dubon is a righty. Okay, so maybe they're just going back and forth between those two. Um yeah, yeah. he is interesting yeah i okay. mean there were surprises you know league-wide and you
2: know just to we, we actually took inspiration from ben bingham's question to kind of uh, and that's actually what we're going to cover in the whole second half of this episode we are going to go team by team game by game and talk about you know sub 20 percent players that Either did something surprising or did something interesting. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that is what we're going to be covering for the back half of this episode.
1: Heck yeah. All right. And then we will jump into that right after this ad break.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: All right, we are back. So Let's just start from the top here. Schwebzee, we got the Washington and Atlanta game to begin with. Uh, I wrote down some notes for this one. Um, Dom Smith is hitting fourth behind Joey Manessas and uh, Jamer Candelario. He went two for three with a walk versus a left-handed pitcher. So lefty on lefty, uh, which is obviously encouraging to see. Schwebzee, you had plenty of experience with Dom Smith as a Mets fan, obviously. I know that you were a, li- a bit sad to see him go and not see a lot of success last year. Um... Do you have any opinions, feelings on Dom Smith? I feel like pretty encouraged that he's hitting
3: fourth in that lineup, even though it's not the best lineup. Like, those aren't two terrible bats that he is behind in that order.
2: Smith is someone who I really, really liked because... So when Pete Alonso broke out and had his big 2019, Dom Smith was there competing for the first base job. And a lot of players in that situation, if they lose the, co- lose the competition. They might sulk or, you know, get sent up to the minors, but Dom Smith was such a fun presence, such a good clubhouse vibes guy and produced really well in that 2019. And it kind of really endeared him to me. And then he just lost it. Like in 2019 and 20, he was awesome. Like it, he really, he put up a 134 WRC plus in 2019 and then a 166 in 2020. But then he just lost it. He just like completely forgot how to hit after that. And it was, there was no explanation. The, the vibes seemed to be gone. But he's got, he had at one point a really good bat. Like you can't fake like a 145 WRC plus over 400 plate appearances. So I like that he's getting another opportunity. He's in a good ballpark. The, it's way easier to hit dingers in nationals. Uh, park than it was in city field i love that he's getting an opportunity you know like good for him i it's you know it's annoying that it's for a, a division rival but i do love to see him getting everyday plate appearances and this is someone that i i literally have waiver claims out on him as we speak i want him to succeed i think he can succeed so yeah i'm i'm this is one that i i, I both have some personal investment in and i i do believe in it a bit
1: yeah, I know that they promised him a lot of playing time, a lot of at-bats uh, when they signed him. Obviously, that was the whole premise of them bringing Dom Smith on board. It seems like they're going to give him every opportunity. And then, like, a prime lineup spot like that, 100%, I'd be down for something like that, especially because, I mean, right now his roster ship is real low, like real, real low. So yeah. uh, a guy like that batting fourth, again, not even in the best lineup is still going to bring you a decent amount of value. Um, another thing I wanted to highlight, Hunter Harvey, I had a clean inning in this game. Again, Oh, sorry, I should say this. The uh, the Nationals lost to Atlanta 7-2. to um, And later in that game, both Hunter Harvey and Kyle Fleming the two that are considered the pitchers that are going to see high leverage roles for the Nationals, both threw. Hunter Harvey had a clean frame, gave up one hit, didn't walk any batters, got through an inning in t- 12 pitches. Uh, no strikeouts, but that's fine. Uh, Kyle Finnegan, on the other hand, uh, gave up a hit, walked two batters, and gave up three runs, two of them earned, uh, plus three hard-hit balls. Uh, a little less encouraging there from Finnegan. Um, Harvey was someone that I highlighted, we highlighted, in the Relief Pitcher episode a little bit. Um, still someone that I believe in. He's got the pedigree of someone who can like work in high-leverage innings. Obviously, the health was always a factor when he was in Baltimore, so, this is something that I'm really excited about in terms of just Hunter Harvey possibly getting a chance to close games. Um, but I did handcuff him and Finnegan in a couple leagues uh, in hopes that one of them would emerge as
2: the favorite. And Finnegan walked two after walking five in eight innings in spring training. He hasn't really been a big walk guy in the past, but this is for, for his current prospects, this does not help him
1: yeah not great um but do you have any feelings about these two?
2: Oh, you know i'm into hunter harvey um I, I i'm i forget if i did a deep dive on him or if i brought him up on the on the wire episode that we did it was but, one of
1: the two yeah
2: yeah i'm i'm a big fan of harvey because when you have an iffy closer closing out games which is the case with finnegan then I want to bet on the talent, and I think Hunter Harvey is clearly more talented than Finnegan. For sure. Uh,
1: another thing to note is that uh, Harvey, his velo still there, very much so. Uh, still throwing like around 98 on average. Spin rates are also up a bit, but 100 uh, RPMs on his fastball and his, uh, well I guess the splitter you don't really want added RPMs, but Uh, The fastball does have about 100 RPMs of added rotation on it, which is always good. The spin efficiency, obviously, being solid there. He's got a great fastball. Um, Love that. Uh, The other thing that we want to point out is obviously Max Fried went down with a hamstring injury that possibly clears. I don't know what the actual synopsis or synopsis, what the actual uh, prognosis is in terms of his recovery and when he's going to be able to come back. If it's just like a a little um, discomfort and he's going to be able to come back and make his next start. If he is hurt and needs to go on the IL, that does clear a path likely for Dylan Dodd to get the call. That was that last rotation spot, was after they sent Ian Anderson to AAA between Dodd and then uh, Jared Schuster. Uh, Schuster ended up getting that spot, but now with Freed potentially out, that could present an opportunity for Dodd, who is someone that uh, our good friend Joe Lowry J Hook likes a decent bit, him and the folks over at Prospect Live. So I think that's somewhat interesting, maybe getting Dodd. I don't know what the actual matchups look like, Uh, what he would look like as a streamer. Um, But I'd be interested in nabbing him for a start if the matchup is favorable.
2: Yeah, I'm not really sure what Atlanta is going to do. Right now, Roster Resource has Max Freed listed as the one, and then Strider, Schuster, and Morton. They don't have a fifth listed currently, so oh. that... Uh, that effectively means there's two spots open right now for for roster moves to take care of, and it seems pretty certain that Dodd will be the guy, or at least one of the two guys. We're expecting Kyle right back kind of soon-ish, but I, I think that timetable is still a little bit murky. So yeah, I'm I'm expecting Dylan Dodd to get at least one start relatively soon, and he should be a fun streamer, you know, pitching pitching in front of that offense. He had a monster spring training.
1: Yeah. Uh, would love to see him. Uh, something I just realized.
3: Do you want to guess what Hunter Harvey's uh, CSW was for his outing? What Maybe was scoreless inning. I would like you to guess. Don't look. His CSW? Yes. Zero. You had to have looked. I didn't look.
1: You had to have looked. There's <laughs> no way look. you didn't. There's no way you didn't look. There's it was no going way. to be
2: either really it was going to be either really good or really bad and I went with bad. It was zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. Not great. Um that is not great. I'm I'm I am looking now at his uh breakdown. I swear I scrolled down to it after I guessed.
3: Um and I don't remember his splitter being his primary breaking pitch. I don't either.
2: He only threw twelve pitches in his one inning, so he did. it was a, a a little bit of a weird inning for him. I don't think he really got a a chance to stretch out and uh you know show. Well, I mean he threw he threw seven fastballs, average of ninety six. It was a he allowed four balls in play. I don't know. This is. Uh, i i don't i can't read anything into this i don't think he threw his best breaker the most
1: no he allowed so he allowed a 112.8 mile per hour single to matt olson as one does as one does um i'm trying to see if i can find him on here anywhere but i mean other than that he didn't do too bad of a job he got a couple ground outs it looks like and then like a really lazy pop-up out of a Ronald Acuna like I think that was with an elevated fastball if I'm not mistaken yeah it looks like it so um overall still did a good job did decent work I think for him the biggest thing is like making sure he doesn't
2: leave that fastball over the heart of the plate if he elevates it well he should be fine you know what I had his arsenal mistaken he actually last year when he threw like 40 innings he uh he threw 80 percent fastballs 15 change-ups Seven percent curves. Roughly eighty percent fastballs. It was seventy-eight. Wait, was it
1: classified as a change up? Last year, yeah. Interesting. So it's a splitter now this year. hmm Just curious. Okay. I don't know if that's just the classification thing or if it's the
3: Actually, uh It
2: might just I, I think it's because uh certain certain graphs on fan on baseball savant just group split fingers in with change-ups. Like, when you go to the other parts, it does show it as a split finger.
1: Mm, okay, got it. All right. So,
2: yeah. um,
3: I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else I want to cover with that game. Let's go to San Francisco and the Yankees. Uh, Ron...
2: The Yankees, the Yankees are a team of stars and scrubs, and, like, the guys who are rostered in under 20% of leagues are generally guys you really don't want to roster. Generally. Yes.
1: Uh... I feel so bad because I don't know how to say this man's last name. Can I get you to say it, please?
2: Uh, this is Italian American discrimination. It is. It's Marinaccio. That's why I'm asking.
1: That's why Marinaccio. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought I thought the two C's was a ch sound, and I didn't want to sound stupid saying it incorrectly. Uh, so, Ron Marinaccio. It's
2: Marinaccio. Mar- Hate you. Yeah, you double double up on the hard C.
1: Terrible, uh, Ron Marinaccio. <laughs> Uh, So he did clean up at the end of the game. Uh, It wasn't a safe situation, obviously, but pitched two innings and had three strikeouts. Could be a solid bulk reliever with good ratios. I I do know that, just based off of memory, he graded out fairly well by weighted and strike rate last year in the small sample that he had, Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera is hitting 7th. You have written down here, Schwebze?
2: Yeah, at least he, you know, again, only one day, but in in Game 1, he did hit 7th, and Oswaldo Cabrera was kind of interesting in the second half last year. I, I definitely rostered him in a couple of leagues. I wasn't like once Volpe got the opening day call up, I wasn't really sure what to make of Peraza or Cabrera anymore. But if either of them are playing regularly, I am interested, and I think they're both being overshadowed by Volpe. So there there could be some you know value to gain here
1: absolutely uh and then the other name that we have down here is blake sable uh someone that was covered by Chad in our keeper cut post 350 mock i believe i believe you're right yeah yeah So this is someone that has like catcher eligibility for the giants uh but plays now mainly in the outfield
2: while mitch hanniker is out correct yeah yeah and uh, the the risk of being a giant's corner outfielder is that just exactly what happened to him he got two plate appearances and then he got lifted for a pinch hitter uh correct
1: also i'm very confused here because on baseball savant it's showing in this box score that he started and was in left field but it also shows lamont wade jr being in left conforto being in right and yastrzemski being in center so i need to go to roster resource to like confirm this real quick and make sure that yeah, something because something seems off here to me no that's just um
2: san francisco giants shenanigans sabal got lifted for a pinch hitter i think whoever replaced him went into center field and lamont wade jr got shifted from first to left jd davis pinch hit then played first it was they they just did giants shenanigans interesting
1: I'm trying to figure out where the disconnect is here but conforto that Who's the other person listed as a left fielder? I'm trying to figure this out here. It was Sable so it said, and then it said Lamont, Lamont Way Jr. was started. Oh, because Lamont Way Jr. started at first and then got moved to left field at yeah. some point. That's and, what it And was. JD, JD okay. came
2: in and played first. Got it. Okay. This is good content.
1: Great content. Love just watching us spin <laughs> our tires.
2: We're uh, trying to fill in our score sheets, you guys.
1: We are. Uh, all right, let's go to the Baltimore and Boston game. Uh, Keegan Aiken had two Ks in an inning pitch. Uh, appears by many metrics including plv and waiter and strike rate to be a really solid reliever for the orioles this year uh good k rates uh ramon urias had a two run home run which i thought
2: was really interesting uh power is still there for him we're, we're big urias guys here but personally i was not sure how much he was going to play with Gunnar henderson around but Gunnar henderson played dh in game one yeah um it, it makes sense urias is a, is a gold glover he is
1: yeah uh plays good defense bat power is there at least for the bat um obviously
2: displayed that yeah, in the opening like, game but yeah like if if Urias is like playing regularly then suddenly he becomes someone that I'm going to talk about regularly again because I talked about him all the time last year and nothing has changed he, he's a good enough hitter to make an impact with his multi-position eligibility in deep leagues, he's going to be a good corner middle infielder in your AL onlys and your 15 teamers. Absolutely. And then, obviously,
1: uh, if we're talking about the Orioles, uh, we must talk about uh, the things that are certain in life that is, death taxes and Jorge, Jorge Mateo stealing bases.
2: Uh, another one who I was. Yeah, uh, he, he was another one who I was worried about the playing time. I, I, I thought that either Urias or Mateo would be one of the, uh, you know, the, the odd man out, but they both played. So I very surprising to me, but if, if this is a regular lineup that they throw out there, then Urias and Mateo are going to be much more valuable than I had realized in the
3: preseason, the off season. Absolutely. I know that like with Mateo in particular, I think it's,
1: who do they have? They have a shortstop prospect in that system. That's going to p- probably come up and take a lot of se- uh, Jordan Westberg.
3: Uh, yes. I know a lot
1: of people were expecting Jordan Westberg to p- potentially break camp uh, for the Orioles and potentially take away reps from Mateo. Uh, obviously Mateo is going to have to perform pretty well to fend off Jordan Westberg at this point. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. If Mateo can keep this sort of production up, then obviously it makes it much harder for them to bring up Westberg. We'll find out how that goes. Um, and we just talked about uh, Ramon Urias. Let's go to his brother in Milwaukee, Luis Urias, uh, hurt his hamstring in the ninth inning, running out a ball, uh, towards first reportedly Joey Weimer, who I was hoping would break camp with the team has been called up to take his place on the roster while he is hurt. So that means that an IL stint is likely for Luis Urias, unfortunately for the folks who drafted him. Um, Weimer can play any spot in the outfield. He's likely going to end up in right field uh, with Brian Anderson likely shifting to third base. Brian Anderson, not that highly rostered either, Looks pretty decent in the first game, had a couple hits. Um, Weimer is going to probably be a high strikeout guy uh, for those that aren't aware of who he is. He's got a pretty loud swing and swings very, very hard at the ball. Uh, he does damage when he does make contact. Um, that being said, he does actually have a decent eye at the play, drew a couple walks this spring. Uh, has become much more disciplined at the plate, so that's someone to look out for that could possibly, while he is up in the majors, make an impact, give you a couple home runs if you're able to stream him in the right places. And then it wasn't really a safe situation, but for Chicago, Michael Fulmer was pitching in the ninth. Worth noting. Um, I don't know who's going to have the high leverage innings there, but I would love to see it be Fulmer. I know that Schwebzee and I both like Fulmer a decent amount.
2: I, I still kind of wanted it to be merriweather long term because that's the more fun one
1: i do like merriweather
2: you know that i've been standing for merriweather since he was in
1: toronto back in like 2020 yes. it was like it was like right after i joined the picture list this is i think this was this was before i became a writer and eventually podcaster for picture list was i was talking about him in that in the discord server um but yeah yeah
2: I, I you you pulled the receipts you you are the earliest person now that i can remember talk who talked about merriweather
1: you had a very good very good. Like, I think he, he was an opener. He pitched like three innings. And then you just look, he looked great. Um, yeah. All right. Let's see here. Are we, how are we doing on time? Oh, wow. We are already at 55 minutes.
3: No, not going to run long guys. Wow. Crazy.
1: Uh, let's take a quick ad break and then we'll get back and finish up the rest of these teams right after this.
0: Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, It's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution, and that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com. That's n-o-o-m.com to sign up for your trial today.
3: All right, we are back. So let's move on to Detroit and Tampa Bay. Uh Troy, you have feelings, I can tell. I'm gonna be so mad if Jose
2: like, all right, I have I do I have mixed <laughs> feelings. So I was very in on Jose Siri at some point during this offseason. I definitely have talked about him on this podcast. But then at some point, I looked at some numbers that made me go, uh, and back off on my love a little bit. And he went ahead and hit a home run on opening day. So I I I I had that, uh moment before most of my drafts. So I wound up with basically no shares of Jose Siri this year, even after saying nice things about him. So... If he goes on to have a monster year, I will both be very happy for the people who listen to me and very sad for myself. So that's actually probably the most likely outcome, but he had a home run on opening day. He's still super fast and tends to run at will. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I still, I, I think Siri is kind of like a toolsy, uh, enigma, but the the tools are loud, man. And he, he had a big old home run the first day.
3: Yeah. Love that.
2: Um, this isn't someone
1: that's rostered in less than 20% of Yahoo leagues, but I get us just like, give a quick shout out to Austin
3: Meadows going three for four on opening day. Like that just makes me so happy. Yeah. My, my co-manager actually was like begging
2: me to draft him in my AL only, and I didn't do it. So that's probably another one. The, the vibes are, are, are very much in his favor to succeed. And for you and your team, they are very much in shambles.
1: Mr. I'm in seventh place in TGFBI after one day of games. Stop the count. Stop the count right now. Uh, and then the other thing that we want to cover from this game for someone that's actually rostered uh, at less than 20% in Yahoo Leagues is uh, Matt Firling is hitting first on opening day. So that's super exciting. Uh, one of the guys that Shrubzy covered pretty extensively, I think multiple times at this point, um, leading off the Tigers. Not a great lineup necessarily, but tooled up again kind of like Jose Siri is you do very much have a type
2: and it's guys who are tooled up power speed combos for sure which isn't a bad thing yeah especially in our sphere so Veerling hit leadoff against Shane McClanahan a lefty which uh I'm I'm a little surprised he hit leadoff but I'm not surprised he was in the lineup yes the Tigers have a few spots that it's not very clear what they're going to do with like uh their corner outfield and DH spots particularly Mm mm-hmm so, I mean, it's, it's really encouraging that Veerling got that opening day start, but I'm just really hoping that he's not a short side platoon. Like, he, he could wind up losing time to, what is it, Cody Clemens?
1: Yes. And Cody Clemens looked good in the spring, too. Yeah. Pa- dang, Parker Meadows even looked pretty good in the spring. Did Parker Meadows make the team? I don't know if he made
2: the team or not, but he had a good spring. I you know,
1: wouldn't be surprised if he knocks down the door at some point
2: uh yeah you know who i was thinking of it wasn't cody clemens it was carrie carpenter ah yes he was uh slated to be the dh i think
1: on roster resource preseason
2: now they've got him slotted in as the strong side left fielder got it okay interesting but yeah like roster resource shows three different platoons for the uh the tigers so this lineup could be very different on a day-to-day basis which makes it a
1: nightmare if you're in, like, a weekly league. Uh, If you're in a daily moves league, then it's a little less scary. But, uh, yeah, I do think that there's some interesting options, though, on that Tigers roster. A lot of people that are going, like, very, very late in drafts, I know I talked about, I think, at some point during the offseason, I talked about Scope as a potential bounce back just because his defense is going to keep him on the field all the time. But, anyways, uh, let's move on to Philadelphia and Texas. So, Chubbs, you wrote this one out. Who do you want to talk about here?
2: Not a lot to talk about here. I mean, we had home runs from Brad Miller and Robbie Grossman, both possibly back from the dead. Brad Miller is someone I was very interested in last year, so I might wind up uh, having just been a year too early on him if he can have a bounce-back year. He's a very strong hitter against righties. I, I, if Texas is going to give him all of those strong side plate appearances, I'm interested in him again. They, uh, he's currently slotted in as a, the uh, strong side DH player, and you know that I, this is a, I don't want to call it a good lineup, but it's a lineup with potential, depending on how Josh Young does. So I yeah, if if Brad Miller was a strong side platoon, I wouldn't be running out to grab him, but I bet he would have some very productive stretches this year. And then oh, Robbie sure. Grossman, Grossman hit a home run, but I'm probably still out on this. He was just so so bad last year, and he seemed to be like kind of getting away from what he was really good at at his peak like so his career year was 2021 with Detroit last year his strikeout rate went down went up by 4% his walk rate went down by 3% he hit for less power he ran significantly less he basically he got away from everything that made him such a fantasy revelation so yeah i'm i'm out on grossman that might mean that i miss out on some fantasy goodness but I, I'm not getting fooled by him again.
1: Take it. All right. Let's go to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Uh, we already covered Jihuan Bay, so we can kind of skip over that. But there was one other name
2: that you brought up here that you wanted to mention. I'm, I'm ready to eat crow about Spencer Steer. I have zero shares. He got. Was he the first overall pick in our on the wire draft? He may have been. I know Adam was
1: very high on him.
2: Yeah, and uh, he's going to play every day in that, 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 that child's toy ballpark that they play in, uh, and that, that alone might make him valuable.
1: Yeah, probably going to be great. Um, let's see here. Let's go to Toronto and St. Louis. So uh, Nolan Gorman DH'd an opening day, went one for three with two walks. Uh, I think the Cardinals put up nine runs. If I'm not mistaken, it was
2: 10-9 win for Toronto um uh, dude the cardinals might wind up being the best offense in baseball i think i mean yeah from like as far as
1: like a top to bottom like really really good lineup like tommy edmund is your nine hitter
3: there's no holes like it's it's very very good uh it's like the opposite of that shia labeouf movie um (laughs) i have no idea what that reference is the the movie holes hole I, i don't know
1: holes no you never read the book holes? Oh, Schwezi, what? Read the book holes? Oh Should I have read the book holes? I feel like that was in like every school's curriculum growing up.
3: Maybe yeah, it's I didn't just go to me. school.
2: Oh
1: yeah, I always forget.
2: I was a, I was a, I was at home playing SOCOM. <laughs> I wish that was I wish that was made up. <laughs> always a gamer. Uh
1: God. Um but yeah, no, that, like that lineup truly has no, I, I genuinely do think that is probably top to bottom, the strongest lineup in the majors. And it's just annoying because they have, even if one person goes down, they have replacement level bats in the minors just waiting and on that bench,
2: just waiting.
1: It's so yeah, annoying.
2: They, they optioned Juan Yepes, who would start for many, many teams.
1: Oh 100%.
2: And also very annoying very annoying for me cuz I spent
1: the pick on Yepes in TGFBI and he got sent down. Mm-hmm. Big sad. Oh yeah. Um anyways, uh on the other side of that, uh Jimmy Garcia got the 8th inning, gave up two runs, blew a save. Uh Romano got the ninth, ended up getting the getting the save for Toronto there. Uh Eric Swanson... Who I think is a pretty sneaky saves hold or well yeah like a saves hold league type guy. I uh, had a scoreless frame with two strikeouts earlier. I think it was the seventh, sixth or seventh inning that he got. Um, that was pretty good. Um, on the other side though, for St. Louis, this is the one thing that's pretty iffy for them is their bullpen. Um, Ryan Helsley got the ninth, blew a save, giving up two earned runs. The inning before that, Jordan Hicks charged with a blown save, giving up two earned runs in the eighth. Uh, Just it's, it's scary there, man. I mean, they have guys that can throw really, really hard, but it's, it doesn't seem like they have anyone who's particularly a clear cut closer. Um, I know that Helsley is the favorite coming out of camp, but uh, I just, I just don't know.
2: Yeah. Like Helsley was a revelation last year, but he's 28 now. He's had exactly 65 good innings in his career. He was really bad before last year.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I was not on the Helsley train coming into this year. He was yes, he was good last year. Um that that bullpen scares me and not in the, not in the fun way.
2: Um I was Wait, not trying to... Is there is there a is there a fun way for a bullpen to scare you?
1: Yes, like particularly in the same division as my favorite team the Brewers if there's a bullpen that scares me uh it's because they are very, very good. And that's like fun because it's fun fantasy wise and like general baseball wise for me. It's terrifying because I know that the brewers are probably gonna get shut down. Um <laughs> that's pretty much it though. Um yeah. All right, let's go to Minnesota and KC. Uh you wrote this one up. This is the 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 first thing that you have here is something that surprised the heck out of me. I think a lot of people
2: yeah, like, Gray from Razball was all over this before opening day. It, it mm-hmm. came as a surprise to me. It, it would have came as a completely out of left field to me had I not already seen his tweets. But, yeah, uh, Trevor Larnock hit cleanup for the Twins on opening day. Now, I wonder if this is going to be a another... We, we, we've said this word a lot today, but I wonder if this is going to be another platoon situation. Like, they... So Larnack is a lefty. They played a righty in Zach Granke. so if it is a platoon situation, then he's got the strong side. Uh, Kirillov didn't play. I'm, I actually do not know off the top of my head what the deal is with Kirillov. He's not on the bench. He is injured. He's on the team. Yeah. Day IR.
1: yeah. Um, I also think it's funny that you said that it came out of left field when Larnack literally started in
2: left field. And I
3: know yeah. that pro-
2: I know that probably wasn't on purpose. I've never told a joke on purpose in my life, so not a funny one, at least. Right. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) That prerequisite.
3: (laughs) It was unnecessarily
2: mean. I'm so sorry. Just cruelty abound. Uh, The other interesting thing for me from this game was Nick Gordon hitting sixth, which is exciting, but he came out of the game, and I don't know why. So I'm a little bit concerned there. Was it a pinch hit situation? yeah but why would you pinch hit Kyle Farmer for Nick Gordon? I think Kyle Farmer came in and got a couple hits too, or at he, least one he hit did, but he did, but that's like a bad process, good results kind of thing.
3: Mm, yeah yeah i don't I don't see anything uh I don't see
2: anything in a Google search about Nick Gordon being injured at the moment, so i need to I need to figure out what happened there
3: Take a peek at that uh, but yeah. Anything else you want to cover from that game? No. If Nick Gordon isn't hurt, I'm
2: still very interested in him as a as a deep league middle infielder. I, I think he's very capable of like a 15-15. So, yeah, if him playing opening day is a uh, you know, exciting cuz he was hurt for a good bit of the spring. So, I'd love to see him back in there back from that high ankle sprain relatively quickly. So, yeah, I'm I'm still into Nick Gordon.
1: All right, sick. Let's go to the Mets and the Marlins. I'm going to let you take this one, obviously, as the resident
2: Mets fan. Uh, So as we are recording this late in the evening, middle of the night, the next day, whatever, uh, we've actually seen two Mets and Marlins games so far. So we've got twice as much data from this series as the others. Uh, The Mets are in a similar boat to the Yankees in that the guys on the Mets who are owned in sub 20% of leagues are generally guys you don't want to roster. So we don't have a lot of talk, uh, a lot to talk about from the Mets side of things, but the Marlins, AJ puck got the first save opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a very telling opportunity because it was a one, nothing game basically for the entire back half of the game. And they chose they they chose to put Flora in in the 8th inning and i believe Flora was facing the bottom of the lineup i'm going to i'm going to verify that right now but puck faced Lindor Alonso McNeil he gave up a home run to Alonso but thankfully at that point it was a 2-0 lead so it looks like this was the plan you know uh Facing Lindor, Alonso, McNeil—that's a switch hitter, a righty, a lefty. This doesn't look like they were saving puck for you know a string of lefties or something. Mm-hmm. It it looks like the, it looks like he's the closer, and you know it is only one game's worth of uh, of information, but that's encouraging. And then, uh, Jorge Soler basically like single-handedly won that game for the Marlins. Uh, this that second game of the year, he hit a massive home run early in the game. He had two great defensive plays. Uh, we don't care about the defense too much in fantasy, but that home run is encouraging. He had a huge home run in a difficult-to-hit-in uh, ballpark. If Soler comes back, he's going to wind up... God, if Soler gets back to what he can be, that's like a league-winning type of player. Oh, for sure. Like that's a, that, that was an
1: incredibly cheap power bat. In draft season, so if you had him, like that's a sick pick at this point. I know that I was targeting him in some leagues, and I was hoping he would fall a bit uh, and took other players in favor of him, but um, never actually got him. So I do like Solar a lot.
3: Yeah. Uh, this last one that you wrote here, I adore. We are we are reasons. contractually
2: contractually obligated to talk about Garrett Cooper at every opportunity because he's such a good hitter. He just gets hurt all the time. Correct,
1: but he's hitting third in that lineup behind two guys who get on base at a decent clip he went uh so now he's four for eight in the season with a triple and a home run it's funny he went three for four tonight and the two guys behind him in the order both hit home runs and yet he did not score a run (laughs) (laughs) so the one time he didn't get on
3: base is when those two hit home runs because i think they went did they go back to back wait uh, no so they're in uh, uh jazz no, Jazz hit his in the 8th or ninth. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, anyways. Um, but yeah, with Garrett Cooper and... where he is in that lineup, like, I
1: adore that. Like like Shubhazi said, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to be in pretty good shape. Um, and he's probably going to be able to rack up a decent amount of RBIs with the two dudes that are hitting ahead of him. Uh, obviously... Segura, I think, is now still hitless for the season, which is unfortunate. I don't think that's gonna stay the case. He's gonna be able to put up at least a 250 average. He does not look great right now.
3: He has not looked great,
1: no. Um but obviously they have enough guys on that team that they can kind of shuffle around. I doubt that. I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure out what's gonna happen. Like maybe they put in like I don't know. If if ugh. Who
3: plays Okay, so who plays third base if Sagura continues to struggle. Oh man! Like
2: there's, I, I, they have a lot of guys that can play in a lot of different positions, which helps. But uh, Gerard, Gerard, and Carnacion. I don't know. Oh man! Yeah, I didn't think about that. Anyways, Birdie, um... Birdie, probably. Oh yeah, there you go.
1: There's a good one, and that's someone that can steal a lot of bases, as we are all aware at this point in our deep league. Uh,
2: desires that we try to dig and try to find stolen bases. So at, at at AAA right now, they have Jordan Groshans and Xavier Edwards and Garrett Hampson.
1: Hampson might be
3: interesting. interesting Somehow, in me Garrett Hampson has has wound up in in Miami. I didn't even know that. that I didn't even know that happened. If I'm being completely honest, right? but um. All right, let's go
1: to the next game here. Gosh, we still have five more games to do. Six. Yeah, we,
2: I mean, we we pretty much covered all this about the Chicago and Houston stuff already, so let's oh, yeah, uh, we, move yeah, on we, yeah, we to the Yeah,
1: we, we covered the Dubon and Hensley. Oh, the only person that I want to cover is just, uh, real quick, yes, Manny Grandal hit a home run in the opening game. Uh, also got a hit or two in the second game tonight. I, I really think that he can genuinely be like, top 15 catcher top 12 catcher even oh
2: as long as he's comfortably
1: so easily as long as he stays healthy like that's all he needs to do if he plays like even 110 games between being behind the plate and uh batting in the dh spot he could absolutely uh return more value than he Mm. was worth in draft season
2: you're being so like you're 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 being so uh uh god i'm i'm blanking on the word conservative here he could like so easily be a top 10 catcher yeah so like uh look at what play discipline was a couple of years ago yeah play discipline he's he's
1: very patient to a fault sometimes um injuries are obviously a concern. he hasn't played a full season since 2020 and that was the shortened season mm-hmm. so i guess since 2019 but uh The on-base percentage is going to be there. He's going to walk a whole bunch. um, Hopefully score more runs because of it. Uh, But yeah, I love him. All right, let's go to Colorado versus San Diego. So they played two games. I don't know what's happened tonight necessarily. Um, But let's first talk about Daniel Bard uh, stepping away due to anxiety, which I think is very admirable. Obviously, take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. It's, It's very admirable that he was aware enough that it was that big of an issue that he was willing to step away and also kudos to the rockies organization for being like yes cool please take care of yourself
2: if if there's one thing that you can commend the rockies organization for it's generally keeping the the vibes going yes it's been very very encouraging to see that sort of thing and to
1: see someone like daniel bard being very open about his troubles with it is obviously very encouraging we've come a long way in that regard too uh in his absence, uh, Shwebzy, who do you think steps in? I know Justin Lawrence had a clean inning tonight, I believe. Um,
2: I also suggested Denelson Lamette. So yesterday, Justin Lawrence struck
3: out the side. Mm. Today, the Rockies actually had a save, I think. Who was it? Was it Lamette?: Guess who it was, Jordan. Wait, was it Brent Suter? No. Was it Donaldson Lamette? No. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I don't know another Rockies reliever.
2: <laughs> Pierce Johnson got the save for the oh, Rockies Oh, I
1: did. I did actually know another Rockies reliever. I
2: just looked at their uh, roster resource page like two hours ago. So my, okay. my gut, my, yeah, our, like our gut reactions were Jordan said Lamette, I said Justin Lawrence. Justin Lawrence has an electric arm, but he's never actually been good before. So maybe maybe that was just me thinking cl- traditional closer type stuff. But Pierce Johnson was a good reliever for San Diego for a while. And this was, a, I guess, a revenge game for him. He came in, nailed down a st- a, a standard layup of a save with a three-run lead. He gave up one hit, struck out two. Will he be the closer going forward?
3: <laughs>
2: how how do I do a shrug emoji uh, over over an audio medium?
1: Oh God, I don't know.
3: Yeah,
2: I don't know. Like we we have no idea how this is going to wind up happening. But he I, I guess since he's got the first save, he's got the early leg up. Maybe Lawrence and Lamette were both unavailable because they pitched yesterday, but. Yeah, only only the Rockies know that.
1: Is this a is this opening weekend series for them a three or four game series between the Rockies and Padres? Mm, not sure. Very curious about that because uh, I don't know how many people had the Rockies sweeping the Padres in a opening in the opening series of the year in San Diego on their bingo cards, but you're uh, two games into it right
2: now, and it's looking pretty good. So they play tomorrow, and it's a four-game series. I
3: okay, guess what I thought. I figured if they played
1: tomorrow, then I knew that it was going to be a four-game series, because I think every team plays on Sunday. But
2: but like the, the Padres are rolling out Waka and Lugo over the next two days, so it's Ooh. not like they have a big starting pitching advantage.
3: True. Oh, gosh. Um. Yeah. They actually might. Are the Rockies going to sweep the Padres on opening weekend? That would be so funny. That would be incredible, but, honestly. But,
2: but anyway, uh, Nelson Cruz hit fourth today. Ooh. Okay. Very, very surprising to me. He is like forty-two. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to make of this. I, I like the Padres lineup is not. Like, we, we talked before about how like the Cardinals had such a complete lineup. The Padres have a good lineup, but it is not complete. Like They have a, a huge mm-hmm. hole in right field. Their DH is a 42-year-old Nelson Cruz. Like, this might wind up being a pretty top-heavy lineup, at least until Tatis, Tatis comes back. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really buy a bounce back from a 42-year-old. So I I will not be adding Nelson Cruz anywhere in spite of him being a cleanup hitter and my general belief that every cleanup hitter is worth rostering. I'm making an exception in this case.
1: Oh, wow. Even in that lineup. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Uh, I just don't think he's a good hitter anymore. You don't like you don't like uh, Jamie Moyer with a bat?
2: (laughs) No, He, he might. He might put out the same exit velos that Jamie Moyer was throwing.
1: He's going to hit like a 117 mile an hour tank tomorrow and you're going to feel so silly. And Alex
2: Chamberlain is going to tweet out, but I thought he was washed. He's washed.
1: I love it. Uh, all right. Last person that you want to cover here real quick.
2: Uh, yeah. Eli Harris Montero. Uh, he is hitting really well and he's not even in course Field yet. So, I mean, he had a fantastic spring training. He was the... I, I, I hate that I have to say this. He was the centerpiece of the Nolan Arenado trade. Actually, I, th- <laughs> I think the, the money that they sent <sighs> was actually the centerpiece of the trade. But uh, Eliheiros Montero was it, it, allegedly the centerpiece of the Nolan Arenado trade going back the other way. So, I mean, the, I'm sure the Rockies would love if he could pan out and give them, uh, you know, five, five or six hundred good plate appearances this year. Starting off really strongly. So I mean, I don't have any shares, but I absolutely can see myself adding him if I if I find him out there on the waiver wires in any of my deep leagues. For sure. All right. Uh, let's go to the Angels and the
1: A's. Uh, Kyle Muller. Just lots of question marks. I, 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 I'm not buying in on Kyle Muller. I don't think the stuff was particularly great.
2: Uh, Dude, he's so Oakland.
1: He is incredibly Oakland. That is very true. Um, yeah, I'm not. Bu- he had a good outing. I'm not buying in at all, uh, based off that first start. Uh, one thing I do think is very interesting: Lednis Diaz hitting third? Question mark?
3: Uh, man, like the I understand it's Oakland. I understand it's Oakland, but as a three hitter, if you if you're in that spot, I'm interested. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, Tony Kemp and Connor Capel do get on base.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to... If I don't know if Ledmus Diaz is available in any of my leagues. Uh, if he is, I will probably take a flyer on him. If he's going to be hitting third, I'm interested. Um, the other thing that I wanted to highlight uh, and just throw in Shrebsy's face, since we uh, talked about it earlier this year a little bit, uh, first save of the year for the Oakland A's goes to one Danny Jimenez. And not Trevor May. Trevor May got the win. God, I love being right, though. You know, I love being right. He did get the win. Um, It is worth noting that uh, Domingo Acevedo had a clean inning with two strikeouts as well. I, If I'm being honest, like this is a very fake victory lap. I'm really not sure if we got any more clarity here. I think they're going to kind of just go with May and the high leverage innings that they need him. And then I think you could probably waver back and forth between Acevedo and Jimenez- for the ninth, if the situation calls for one or the other. Um I'm very encouraged considering that Jimenez has got about what was like eleven or twelve saves last year, so it seems like he might be the incumbent favorite until he messes up. I would probably favor him. I'm probably gonna throw
2: in a bit on him in my TGFBI league because he is available still. Um I just but yeah. I just cannot believe that they gave May all that money to not have him be the closer and like build up his value.
1: I meant to check this before the podcast, too. I don't know who or like what part of the order he faced either.
3: Because mm, it, ti- sure it,
1: it was a tie they were game. Losing. Oh, they were losing. No, they were losing at that point. Oh, OK. Yeah,
2: that's interesting then.
1: I mean, maybe still to keep this, it close. This,
2: this was before the Estuary Ruiz fueled uh, rally. in I think the eighth yes. thing that, uh, that pulled them ahead. Him, it is true. Ruiz and Tony Kemp. God, that's
3: great. Actually, didn't didn't the, Tony, didn't Tony Kemp game? almost hit a tank?
2: It was a it was a double deep in the gap, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, anyways,
1: all right, let's go let's move on to Arizona and Los Angeles, the Dodgers,
2: this time. Uh Schwibbe, this I, I talked about him before. I talked about him before. Go get James Outman if he is available. He is one of the higher upside guys that you can grab early in the year that is not rostered in many leagues yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I, nah, he, I don't think he is like 12-teamer relevant yet, unless it's 12-team, 5 outfielders, in which case, yeah, go get him. But yeah, any, anything deeper than a standard league, I would be looking to get him. Chris Taylor kind of looks washed after last year and his spring training and his starts of this year. Maybe he'll turn it around, but uh, until he does, James Outman looks like the guy. And yeah, he's, been, he's just been so good over the last month. Even if, the, even if that was against a bunch of double-A pitchers in triple-A. Uh,
1: in Chris Taylor, the centerpiece of a trade that sent away Carlos Rodon last year in one of our Dynasty Leagues.
2: We don't talk about that.
1: We don't talk about that, except for the fact that I just did. Uh, you get a couple other names here that are interesting.
2: You know, you know who just hit a home run, like literally like 15 minutes ago?
3: Who? Kyle Lewis. Hey! He, did he hit leadoff? No, off again? no, he's a Diamondback. Did boo boo
2: <laughs> Uh, Did he hit leadoff again tonight? He did not. I I think that was a platoon thing. Him hitting leadoff mm, because they okay. faced they faced Urias yesterday, and Urias is a lefty. Today they faced Dustin May, and uh, oh, it was a, it hit, was a pinch hmm. hit home run. It was a pinch hit home run. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yesterday josh rojas did not play and today he did today josh rojas hit leadoff, so that that might be their platoon hard mm. to say at this point but it's definitely something to monitor how many plate appearances kyle lewis gets is definitely going to be something to monitor he was the rookie of the year at one point you know it wasn't the best rookie of the year class but he still won it. he was really good that year he obliterated spring training this year and he started off the season really strong so far. So yeah, I'm I'm absolutely monitoring Kyle Lewis's playing time.
1: I'm just looking at the box score here and this is obviously not deeply relevant, but in this uh Dodgers D-backs game, Max Muncy had four hard hit balls and only one of them resulted in a hit. Sick. Absolutely absurd. Anyways, uh is there anything so, else you want to cover?
2: There's something worth mentioning in the Arizona bullpen so Merrill Kelly pitched the first 3.2 innings didn't give up any runs Dre Jamison pitched long relief gave up uh, one run in four innings and then Scott McGuff came in to get the hold in the eighth he only got one out and then Andrew Chafin got the
3: save <sighs> I need to see who they faced in the eighth inning. Let's see. All bottom of the ninth. Andrew Chafin faced...
1: He faced Muncie, Will Smith, and Freddie no, he, Freeman. No,
2: no, he faced Freeman, Smith, and Muncy. Yeah, Freeman, yeah. Smith, and Muncie. So two lefties. So that kind of makes sense. This might not be a declaration that Chafin is the closer. This might be more of a pure committee. Uh, only time will tell.
3: This makes me so sad. It makes me so sad too. I have McGuff in a couple <sighs> of leagues. I mean, I, I will say, I find it interesting that they chose McGuff to come in and get the hold. Um, he did walk two in what he only pitched. I think he only came in to get one out. Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah. And he walked two. Uh, But it's worth mentioning that yesterday, Ginkle pitched, and he pitched in a six-run loss, which is generally not something you have your closer do. RIP. He
1: was the person I was spanking on. Tim and Mantiply, obviously, was the other person I was sort of interested in, but after the spring that Mantiply had, uh, my interest waned quite a bit.
3: So, ugh. (laughs) What a frustrating situation yeah and then one last game we did it we're at the end
1: uh we got here this episode has
2: gone so much longer than i thought it would
1: i love how we thought we're like oh god we don't know what we're going to talk about we did this This every week we do this every week this slightly new form i mean yeah we should know ourselves well enough by now that we knew it was going to go along we're like literally going to hit like an hour and 20 minutes it's fine uh the last game is cleveland versus
3: seattle uh Karenchek had a blow up in the eighth, gave up a couple runs. Uh oh my god, I forgot his first name. Uh Trevor Stefan. Yes. Uh
1: had a clean inning, and then after Karinchek had his blow up, Eniel de los Santos uh cleaned up for him. Um I know that Karinchek's spin rates are down, which is interesting. Um Something to keep an eye on uh, if he ends up struggling more and more. I know that he struggled last year as well for an extended stretch. Um, Stefan could be the one who gets the second crack at saves uh, should Emmanuel Klaas say pitch multiple days in a row, need a day off, or anything like that. Um, and then
2: I, I think Stefan is like lower variance than Karen check even if Karen is capable of more dominance. Yeah, 100%. It's been very consistent.
1: Um. So for the Seattle bullpen, uh, something that was very encouraging, Matt Brash got the seventh. Paul Seewald got the eighth and a win. And then Munoz got the ninth and the save.
2: He did. He didn't which look is his, awesome. He didn't look like his dominant self, though.
3: Well, I mean, it's what that was his first outing of the year, right? Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, like, it's... I know I'd use
1: this exact same phrase earlier in the episode, but like three things are certain. Life, it's death, taxes, and the Mar- Mariners' bullpen being just disgusting. Yeah, uh, inc- they so the, Incredibly envious. See, this is when I said that a bullpen can be scary, but like in a fun way, it's the Mariners. Huh. The Mariners are terrifying. I would not want to face them. I mean, and that's the thing is they had like Eric Swanson previously, too, before he went to the Blue Jays. Like they used to have even more depth and be even scarier than they are now. Um, yeah, they're great. Uh, you had another name that you threw in here that you wanted to toss in at the end. Uh, Will
2: Benson or Will
1: Brennan, excuse me.
2: I actually wanted to see what happened today before I talked to him, talked about him or didn't. Mm -hmm. So Will Brennan started yesterday as Oscar Gonzalez sat on the bench. Oscar Gonzalez played today. So I'm not sure what to read into this situation yet. Today they faced a lefty. Oscar Gonzalez is a righty, I believe. Yeah. Um, Is Will Brennan a a lefty? I guess that would make sense. Yesterday they faced uh, Luis Castillo, who is a righty. Let me just verify that. Yeah, Will Brennan is a lefty, so this might be a platoon. If that's the case, then Brennan will get the lion's share if it's a straight platoon. This is another situation that we're going to have to monitor. Will Brennan is another very high contact middling power outfielder produced by the cleveland system they they seem to produce them constantly but yeah i mean I'm, I'm i guess i'm mildly interested in brennan if he becomes the strong side platoon guy this is another one where the uh, the the playing time situation is going to warrant monitoring dig it all right um i think that's all of the
1: games for the opening couple days here so that, that is all the games we uh, made it. We did so, it. Oh, sorry. That's my. Uh, we made it.
2: Wait, do you hear that?
1: That's that's my radiator. I hear that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> my radiator. You in, are right you Are you in like a
2: hurricane? You're in a tornado warning no, right now. No. Aren't well, you? no.
1: That's no. The tornado warning ended two hours ago. Or not a warning, but tornado okay. watch ended two hours ago. There was some pretty uh, gnarly storms. I was actually kind of worried that my power was going to get knocked out. The Midwest is going through it right now. um But we're good. We're safe here in Milwaukee
2: the watch so is when everyone like stands outside and looks for that's, it. That's that's no, that's the warning.
1: The watch is mm-hmm. when you sit and just like continue with your day as normal because it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's a watch, nothing to worry about. I want It's a warning. That's when okay. all the dads go walk out on the porch and stand out there with their arms on their hips. you like,
3: well, I don't see anything. <laughs>
1: uh, which before, also before they fly away, which also just reminds me, I'm going to stay, I'm going to say this like right at the end of the episode, just because we're already here. Right. Uh, There was absolutely a time where I went storm chasing when I was 18 years old in my incredibly beat up Chevy Cavalier. With three of my friends in high school and we straight up went storm chasing and there was a funnel cloud directly above my
3: car. That's dope. Terrifying. I thought I was going to die. So dangerous, but dope. It was so Uh, stupid. Anyways.
2: (laughs) So to the people at home. This is uh, this is the first time we've ever done an episode like this, where we actually just kind of did a review of the games that happened and kind of talked about all of the sub twenty percent guys that we could. A Little different than our normal deep dive format. If you made it this far and if you liked the format, let us know, please. Reach out to us on social media uh, at our at in the deep pl Twitter account or Jordan at Bunt Singles, myself at Schwebzy. We would love to get your feedback and. Y- You'd let us know if you liked this format or if you just kind of want us to stick with the deep dives where we're kind of talking about if we want to change things up this season a little bit as far as our format goes. We're trying to spice up the podcast marriage a
1: little bit is what we're saying. We're trying to bring more partners into it, which is why we're talking about more players.
2: Yeah, things have gotten a little stale. You know, you know how it goes. We've been doing this for 75 episodes. That's crazy. That's kind of a kind of a. A milestone episode in a way i just i i don't want to take away from the milestone 69th episode by by celebrating this one you know we'll celebrate at 100 we'll celebrate at 169 ah ah! all right that's gonna be it for this week's
1: episode thank you all for joining us once again we appreciate it and schwebzy send them out
2: bye friends